Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. And welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Thanks for having me, Blake. I'm so excited to be here. I am too. I feel like the last few interviews that I've had, I've said this, but this is one of those where I was like, hey, we got to start recording because we're just going to keep talking. (laughs) So we're going to have no problem having a great conversation uh, for the podcast. Your book, The Path to Peace, just came out like when we're recording like two months ago. Yeah, really new. Congratulations. Thank you. New book, baby out in the world. Tell us about (laughs) the path to peace. Yeah. The path to peace. I think the subtitle says a lot experiencing God's comfort when you're overwhelmed. Mm. And this is really just my heart. I went through a season in our life as a family where we were just going through a lot of upheaval and change and transition. And I realized that although mentally I had assented to the gospel and I have always praised God, loved and believed in and followed Christ, my emotions, my anxiety, my stress was not telling the same story. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like that season in our family's life that was so painful was really an invitation from the Lord to say, okay, and let's dive into what it means to actually be a woman who can walk in this peace that Christ has promised. And so out of that study, out of that season in my life, this book was born and written. And I look at eight different men and women from the Bible, four from the old Testament, four from the new, and we go through together. How did they walk in peace when they faced crazy, wild, unexpected circumstances? I love that. I love me some examples, like give, let me see some people who have done it so that I can feel like I can do it. Absolutely. And especially, I think, I don't know about you, but you know, I love the word of God, but a lot of times I read it through this lens of like, these are the heroes of the faith. Mm -hmm. Like, They were always strong in God. And when you actually read their stories, it's like, nope, they had the same questions, fears, failings, anxieties that we have. They just stayed the course Mm -hmm. with Jesus. They just didn't give up and God held them fast. And through that, he let them experience his peace and his purpose and ultimately his victory in their lives. And so it really encouraged encouraged me to study the humanity of these men and women, you know, the humanity of Ruth and the humanity of Paul. And then through that to see like, okay, the same peace in Christ is possible for me too. If they could have it, I can have it. Cause it's the same God yeah. that we're, we're both following. I love that. My, my go-to is David. I think David and I shared a lot of mental illnesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I look at the things that he did and the decisions that he made and was still called a God, a a man after God's own heart. And I'm like, well, if David's all right, I'm all right. (laughs) He is, it's all good. Well, and praise God. Like we not only have his stories, right. We have the Psalms. And so we do get all these emotional highs and lows and ups and downs. And you're like, he was God's chosen leader. Like he was a man. Yeah. Who loved God failed, but ultimately like finished his race well with the Lord. And it is, it's so heartening. I love that you said that, that they just didn't give up. 
Like they just kept yeah. persevering. It's not that they did it perfectly. It's that they stayed the course and ran their race. Like that is hope. I think for weary souls. <laughs> Absolutely. It, you don't have to do it even well half the time. I'm so thankful that God gave us the true lives of these people. Yes. Like, I was just, you know, and Noah is not in my book, but I mean, like, great. You have this victorious, you made it through the flood that killed the rest of the, of humankind. And then you like, go get drunk off your butt. And like, there's really bad ramifications. Uh, afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> But his story is still in the Bible because it was the good and the bad. And he was still God's chosen person, you know? So it is encouraging that like, we don't have to be perfect. We don't even have to be really good at following Jesus. Jesus is really great at being the savior. We just get to be the the thankful ones that like get to follow him and walk alongside of him. And there's grace for us. Amen. So I know the book is broken into sections, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And they each kind of focus on a different topic and how those topics relate back to peace. Tell us about that. Yes. So the book is in eight sections. And like I said, there's four Old Testament, four New Testament, but each of them focus on like one biblical man or woman and what they were facing with kind of on a thematic level. So I start off with Sarah of Sarah and Abraham or Sarah and Abram, Mm -hmm. if you want to start at the beginning. But like her section is peace and a new calling because Abram comes down from this experience with God and is basically like, so we're following a new (laughs) God. We're going and we don't even know where we're going, but pack yourself. Let's go. Let's go. I know she has, and she has no choice. She's a woman in ancient culture. She really has no power legally or practically. So her whole life just has this new calling literally overnight. Mm -hmm. And so how do we like Sarah learn to walk in the peace of God when circumstances happen to us that Mm -hmm. we can't control? And now we just have a new life that we have to live. So that's one of the sections, you know, one of them is Ruth finding peace in financial distress. I mean, you want to talk about poverty and like being at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Ruth knew what it was to literally have to go find food out in the fields. And so Paul too is what I end with. And man, I love Paul. He is just such an encouragement to me. He such a man of faith and vigor and also great failing. And yet his is finding peace in a new identity, the new identity of coming to Christ, but also the new identity of having to shed some old layers of like, he wasn't going to be known as a famous Pharisee. He lost all of his clout when it came to relationships and his status in the world. And yet he found great peace and great joy so much so that he could even say like everything else compared to Jesus is rubbish. Garbage. I've got the prize. And so all these different people um, talk about Hannah having peace in health trials, you know, her specifically was infertility. And I talk about my own experience with secondary infertility and the pain of that, but her story really impacts anyone who's dealing with chronic illness, physical pain, acute sickness. And so the Bible's so rich because we can look at the lives of these men and women. We can see ourselves yeah, and we can learn through them how to follow God and walk in his peace in the situations that we're facing right now. And I think even as someone who has walked intimately with Christ for now, like 13 years, the idea that they didn't do these things perfectly, I'm sitting here like, oh, snap, you're right. <laughs> like they didn't like they messed it up and they made wrong choices and they faltered in their faith. But like they, like you said, they stayed the course and that that peace was still available to them 
even when they weren't like, quote unquote, doing it perfectly. Absolutely. Well, and I think actually what's so encouraging to me, you know, we get to the New Testament, we see the life of Christ and how he interacted with his disciples. And Jesus is very clear, you know, one of my favorite verses of all time, but John 14, 27, he says, peace, I leave with you, my peace, I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So he's saying these things, he's saying to his disciples, I'm giving you my peace, don't be troubled, don't be afraid. These are the same disciples who have been screw ups already (laughs) a lot but they're also the disciples that are going to go to the known world after Jesus's death and resurrection after Pentecost, they're heading to the known world. They don't know this yet to go be the harbingers of the good news of the gospel. Okay. What they also didn't know is that most of them would die a martyr's death. Yeah. You know, historically, if we look at church history, we know that a lot of them died really painful, horrible, horrible deaths. They faced tons of persecution They got scattered all over the place because people didn't want to hear the message. So how can Jesus say to these men, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He sees their end from their beginning. He knows the pain and the trial that they're headed towards. And yet he can with confidence tell them, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. The peace I'm giving you isn't dependent on how the world gives you peace. It's dependent on one thing and it's dependent on me. Yeah. The peace that we have access to is available to us through the consistent, unchanging, beautiful person of Jesus. Amen. And so whether we're headed to a martyr's death or whether we're headed to the grocery store down the street, we have access to peace because we have access to the Lord. Yeah. Just like a slight subject change, but obviously on the same, I talk about like political things on my Instagram from time to time. Did you really like, I didn't know that. that really? Is, you know, such a shock to me. <laughs> I'm shocked you're here. Nobody like, why do you even want to be on this podcast? If I talk about politics on my Instagram, but sometimes people's response to me just keeping up to date on what's happening in the world is like, this is so scary or I'm so terrified mm. or this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, or the response is how do you like stay in tune with what's happening and not lose your mind. And I don't, this is not a like brush off your shoulder thing, but it's because I have a piece that's available to me that surpasses understanding. Yes. And because God has gifted me in the realm of politics and I enjoy that. And that's where he has me that God is not going to ask you to walk into something that he is not going to support you through. Right. You know, today in 2022, like the world is not peace. We are, Mm -mm. and it hasn't been since Eden, but is it getting more and more chaotic? Mm -mm. It seems like it. It sure seems like it, whether that's because we have more access to information or because like things are just going nuts. But I think a lot of believers stay out of the loop because they don't want it to impact their peace. Mm. When it should be the other way around, like we have a piece available to us that is unimpactable. And I don't know if that's a word, but I'm making it one. Make it up. I like it. That politics aside allows us to step into these things that should be scary. Totally. It should be hard that we cannot do of our own understanding, like, but God, not us. Totally. Well, and that we don't ultimately have to be afraid. I think that is because I absolutely in my nature, like how I'm wired, come from a line of worriers, people who struggle with anxiety and have, have dealt with that in my own life. 
So I know that tendency that I have to just look at the news and freak out or yeah, not look at the news because I don't feel like freaking out today, you know, (laughs) which is Um, fine, (laughs) you know, and yeah, we don't have to engage with it all the time, hundred percent of the time, unless that's your calling. But I do think that when we know that we are the beloved of the Lord, when our identity is secure in Christ, because we know who he is and who we are. And that's really, I'll back up a, a quick second to have a soul that is peaceful. There are all these biblical definitions you can turn to, right? Like biblically, we have this concept of shalom. We have biblical ideas of peace between nations, Mm -hmm. peace between peoples. And then there's peace with God and man, which Mm -hmm. is the the biblical concept that we all have to come to, which is Romans 5, 1, you know, we've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a bedrock of having peace. And that's the only one we're promised. Absolutely. That is the only one that we're guaranteed is peace with God right. through Christ. What we long for and what you're touching on is this peace of God, this emotional experiential peace that we want to have and we want to walk in. But that only comes through a daily growing relationship with Christ so that we don't have to freak out because, right. because you know, let's go to Paul. His physical needs were not always taken care of. I mean, he was beat up, he was hungry, in jail. Oh my gosh, shipwrecked, flogged, like, you know, anything you want to think of Paul went through, Yep. but he could say he was content Mm -hmm. and having peace is this idea of having a soul that is at rest, a soul that is contented Mm -hmm. in God because of who he is and because of our right relationship with him through Jesus. And once we know, we know that we know that we know that we are in Christ, that we Mm -hmm. are eternally secure in Christ. We can, from that place live out of that experiential peace of God Mm -hmm. that Matthew talks about, that Jesus talks about in Matthew six, where he says, you know, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you drink, what you're going to wear is a life not more important than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they Mm -hmm. worrying can't add a single hour to our lives. And so it's like, once we know that we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, those daily worries, whether it's about politics or our income or our children, (laughs) yes, like whatever it is, we all have all of it. And we all have hundreds of these worries and anxieties a day and, you know, health concerns, the car broke down, whatever it is, that's when we can take these things that are really pulling us down, take them to the God that we know loves us, cares for us, is with us. And give them to him and say, God, will you help me not to worry knowing that you who care for the birds of the air, you see me, you know my needs, and you'll add to me what I need if I'm focusing on the kingdom of God first. Yeah. I'm super excited to announce that this August, we are firing back up our monthly membership called The Collective. The Collective is a community membership empowering you to navigate real life from a biblical perspective. I love this community and the up-close access it gives us to one another. We cover a quarterly topic with monthly calls and we all grow and learn together and it's just really awesome. You can learn more and get on the wait list at crappychristianco.com collective. Okay, so I personally love having my nails done. It makes me feel cute. It makes me feel put together. But what I do not have the patience for is sitting in a salon for an hour for a $50 manicure, which is why I am very thankful to have found Red Aspen's Nail Dashes. 
They are $13 glue-on manicures that can last anywhere from five to eight days. They have tons of cute colors and patterns, so you can take back your time and your money and still have cute nails. So just head to redaspenlove.com slash crappychristian or visit the link in the show notes. It's not easy, but it's possible. Do you do the Enneagram or do you think it's evil? Uh, No, I do know my Enneagram number. (laughs) I live in a community that's very like mixed on it. Uh So I'm yeah, same. Say I'm deep in Enneagram, but I do know my number and I'm a six, which means I highly value security. Yes. (laughs) So I just had that, like, I kind of figured you were a six because I do, I love the Enneagram and I can typically in conversation, like pick up where people fall. (laughs) Am I that easy to read, Blake? No, no, I've just studied it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Now you sound like a four, like- (laughs) If that's I, my sister. That's okay. my sister who's like uber creative. And she's I have a yep. four. My seven-year-old yep. is a four. Yep. But in terms of the Enneagram, I was just having this thought, like you're talking, I think the cool thing about scripture is that it is so multifaceted and meets us where we are mm. that whatever that piece looks like for you does not have to look the same. So like you're talking about I don't have to worry because I am safe. I am, God is in control for me as an eight and the challenger and like, let's freaking go. I find peace in like, I know who wins. Absolutely. Victory is assured. Victory is assured. You're going down. I can fight this all day because I know who wins in the end. Like that's the beautiful thing about scripture is that this peace is available and meets each of us, not in terms of your Enneagram. It doesn't have to be the but meets you in terms of like, of how God made you. Exactly. Totally. Yep. Like what clicks that for you? Right. My husband is a three, right? So he's an achiever. So he just wants to know that he's like winning at life. Right. And so he does, he often talks about how like God meets him in that place of saying like, you don't have to be the best because I'm the best. And so you can have peace knowing that I've won for you Yeah. and you can walk in freedom in that. Right. I love like, see, and this is why I love the Enneagram because like (laughs) it helps me, it helps me understand and like incur, like if, if you and I were doing life together and I knew that about you, when you were lacking peace, like that's the way I could lean to remind you because me coming to you and like being like, hoorah, like the battles won, (laughs) you'd be like, okay, you know what I mean? But if I can like meet you where you are and be like, you are safe. Like you are secure. You have nothing to fear. He's going to care for you so much more than he cares for the birds of the air. Like, I just think that's so cool. Like his peace is the same. He never changes through the ages. The same peace that was available to Hannah is available to you and I, but how we encounter it Yes. Willing to meet us individually in that. And how wonderful that like God doesn't just operate like someone who gives the same Christmas gift to everyone. Yes. You no, know, he is intimately acquainted. At, you know, scripture says Jesus is acquainted with grief, but like he's also acquainted with our joys. Yes. And with our desires and with our longings. It doesn't mean that we're going to get all our desires, joys, and longings here on earth, but it does mean that one day, every tear will be wiped away. Every desire will be met and satisfied in him. And in the meantime, he's going to comfort us in the way that we need to be comforted Yeah, with his very presence, which yeah, for, you know, my brother-in-law, who's a one, he just needs to know that he doesn't have to be perfect. Exactly. I was just about to say, my husband is a one, (laughs) my husband's a one. And it's a mix for him of, he doesn't have to be perfect to get into heaven and that God is a God of order. Yes. And not chaos and not chaos. Like that yep. is very comforting to my husband, where I'm, whereas I'm like 
I don't know. I'm, I'd be okay if that was kind of chaotic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it'd be all right. We'd figure it out. Oh, I love it. I love but it's it. It's true. Like, I think that whether you go through that road via the Enneagram or whatever, like discovering what, what does peace mean to you? Like, what mm-hmm. does your soul need quelled? Because it's going to mm-hmm. be different for you than it is for me. Like for me, it's going to be, do we win mm-hmm. for someone else? It's going to be, am I okay? Right. Am I loved? Am I, seen? am I loved? Am yep. I seen? Am I heard? Like, well, and I, I think the flip side of that, right. Is that all of us, yeah, regardless of if you use a personality test or not, all of us know our own sin tendencies on the flip side to exactly. get our need for peace met in other ways. Yes. So for me, like it's to try to make sure that our bank account is X, Y, Z, whatever I make in my mind that makes me feel secure, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. it's to make sure that all my relationships are totally peaceful and no one's upset with me. Yes. But it's like, guess what? People are always going to be upset with me. Guess what? No matter, you know, we're in a recession, right? So like, money, whatever, who knows, but you could be spending your time spinning your wheels on those things. Absolutely. And that's my challenge is to take the places in my own life where I get kind of hate to use the word, but it's real triggered Mm -hmm. in the world that I'm in to let anxiety take hold, to let overwhelm take home, to give in to stress and fear. Those are the things that it is my calling and my work, my really hard spiritual work to take to the Lord and to say, God, I feel so overwhelmed by this relationship in my life and it is draining me and I feel like I have to fix it, but I don't know how to trust him with that Mm -hmm. and to pray more than I worry or to pray more than I scroll or to pray, you know, to sing hymns more than I turn to the TV, whatever it is. We have these opportunities with our own weaknesses and our own, the tenter hooks that get in us that want to pull us away from the peace of Christ. How do we take those things with our own personalities and our own quirkiness and say, God, this is what's going to trigger me to get so anxious. Mm -hmm. Help me give it to you, knowing that you will meet me in that very particular place with the presence of Christ. If I am in the word, if I'm seeking your face, if I'm in a community of believers, you are going to meet me. Amen. Yeah. Cause mine is going to be, I'm going to want to fight every battle. Mm-hmm. I want to fight them all. And I'm going to win. I want to punch <laughs> back. I want to win them all so that something is happening. Something yeah. is being won because a lot of time it doesn't feel like we're winning this side of heaven. You know what I mean? Totally. So I think that it's crazy how it really does all boil down to peace and love, mm-hmm. peace, love, and faith. Like that it really is the bedrock mm-hmm. that the rest of it is all built off of. But I think it's really kind of God to have peace be one of those Mm. because it could be, be loving, be faithful, but you're going to feel like crap in the meantime. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yep. Like good luck. You just live a whole life of anxiety from now until I return. Right. And I mean, to be fair, like there's, and this is also what I love about the Lord. There's no place in the scripture where the expectation is that we will be perfectly responding to everything in life. Like he gets it. He knows that our hearts are wayward and that we're so easily overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't hate that about us. He understands. But as we grow in God and what I felt like God inviting me into as I was studying all these biblical men and women in the path to peace was to say like, they made choices that enabled them to keep walking with God and to say yes to him in really hard circumstances. And those yeses are usually costly. Mm -hmm. They cost us, you know, in time, finances, relationships, whatever, our own pleasure, our own comfort. But for me to choose to follow Jesus in this area of my life that brings me constant stress is going to be costly, but the payoff 
Mm. not just eternally, absolutely eternally worth it, but the payoff actually now is worth it because then I don't have to feel like I'm constantly walking in anxiety. Yes. And believe me, I'm all for like anti-anxiety meds, antidepressants, if you need those a hundred percent. But along with that, there is spiritual work that all of us have to do right in our places of stress and overwhelm to take it to the Lord and not just try to either cover over it or ignore it or feed it with our own pleasures instead of, you know, feeding ourselves and our souls with Jesus. Yeah. I do think that's a really important part of the conversation is like the mental health side of peace. I've had an anxiety disorder since I was old enough to remember. Yep. I've been on an SSRI since I was about 21. Praise God for meds. I have tried to get off of it and it was not pretty. So I like have an actual serotonin deficiency. And mm-hmm. if you're someone out there who wouldn't treat cancer with chemo, so you don't think people should treat anxiety with SSRIs then like, okay, like that's fine. But most of us fall in the camp of treating medical issues with modern medicine. If it comes to that point. Yeah. But what's really interesting as someone with anxiety is being honest about when is it the anxiety and when, is, when am I not trusting God? Yeah. Because it is easy to lump them all in, but I have to, it does require a lot of self-reflection, honestly, and being like, is my anxiety reflex triggering right now because of my body and because mm-hmm. I have a broken brain and live on a broken earth? Right. Or is it because I'm trying to white knuckle something that God's asking me to let him have? Totally. And those two kind of have to go hand in hand. They do. And that's part of why, right, being in Christian community is so important Mm -hmm. because you have, you know, I have our small group at church, like those ladies are the ones who can look at me and be like, Ann, you're really trying to shove something through in your own strength that is going to be a disaster and you need to repent because they love me (laughs) because they don't want to see me fall on my face more than I absolutely have to. Right. And that, you know, we don't see ourselves clearly. Like, I mean, at least I don't, I, I tend to overthink myself that I'm great in some areas and that I really am awful in others when it's never the truth fully. And so to have people in our lives who can say like, Hey, either I think you're in a place you've been in this place. You need to bump up your meds and talk to your doctor. Yeah. Or I think you're in a place where it doesn't seem like you've really actually been doing the stuff of like getting time in the word or like are you actually praying and talking to him about these things? Let's pray together. I can help you pray. Let's do a Bible study together. You know, we need the both and of like our community, our church to come around us and help us figure out why we can't get to a place of peace Mm -hmm. so that they can help us get there. Yeah. And I think being surrounded by people who are going to be willing for it to be one or the other, because I've been in situations where I'm like, I don't think my meds are doing what they need to do. And people are like, are you praying enough? And I'm like, well, that's painful. That's yeah. not, but then I also, I mean, I have a really wonderful husband who is, was it last year? I think it was last year. I tried to get off my meds, which mm-hmm. but we all do. We try to get off our meds because they're working. So we're like, we don't need them anymore. <laughs> She's like, I feel great. Now I feel great. Off. <laughs> <laughs> tried to get off of them when I was off of them for about three months. And I will never forget being in the car with him. Lo- I'm just, I'm actively losing your mind, like, losing yep. my mind. Yeah. And being like, do you think I need to get back on my meds? And he had the sweetest response. He said, I don't think things have been going as well as you think they have. <laughs> Sweet man. He's the sweetest. Yep. I was very gentle, very so kind. gentle, but it yes. was, I mean, but then he also like went to the pharmacy as soon as we got home and picked them yeah. up and like walked them into me like on a bladder and was like, please. Would you this. like chocolate cake with your pill? Right, because exactly. you can do both. That's Here's great. some water, <laughs> you know? So it is, I think I appreciate that you're, you're someone who is 
having this conversation of peace, but also willing to include the, the mental Absolutely. part of it, because sometimes it is missing and that anxiety disrupts your peace. Trust me. Absolutely. Well, and part of it's honestly, my dad is a physician. So I grew up in a home that was like both and mm-hmm. the whole time, like they love the Lord, but I'm like, I also believe that the Lord gave my dad the gift of being a physician exactly, and like gave him very practical tools to, you know, if someone has skin cancer, he's not going to be like, well, let's just leave it on there and pray let's it off pray like, over let's it. Do yeah. surgery. Like let's right. get this, the sickness off of your body in the way that we can. And so, but it is both and right. Exactly. Like God made us holistic people. I have friends who are super crunchy. I have friends who are super medical because I grew up in that world and I probably fall somewhere in the middle. So I'm like, Same. I'll take it all. I'll take any way that the Lord wants to use to get me whole. I need Amen. it all and I will take it all. <laughs> Amen. I'm right there with you. I like to call myself silky. Oh, so it's no scrunchy. So silky, like, silky. That sounds a little crunchy. Cool. Silky moms are the ones that are like <laughs> none of the crunchy stuff. Crunchy moms are all in. I'm scrunchy. You're I'm scrunchy. I'm in the middle. I like it. In the middle. My kids eat, you know, Doritos, but also take their vitamins. That's great. I was trying to explain what uh, granola meant to my husband a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, have we been married this long? And you don't like know this word, but he's like, wait, granola, like the food. I was like, no, granola, like you're kind of crunchy. He's like, wait, I need a whole definition. So I'm trying to explain what granola is to my husband. I'm like, you know, you're kind of into like naturopath, like, you know, homeopathic stuff. So he's like, Oh, okay. I think I get it. But I was like, yeah, granola, crunchy, however you want to say it. It's all in the same category. (laughs) I think it all works together for good. And I love that. Well, I personally can't wait to read your book. It's on my pile. I can see it right now and it's out so people can get it wherever they get their books. Where can people keep up with you online? Yeah. You know, I tried to make it easy. It's just my name. So anneswindell.com and it's just Anne without an E. Even though when I watched Anne of Green Gables as a child, I cried many, many tears because she says Anne without an E is dull, plain and boring, but I got over it. Years of therapy have helped in many ways (laughs) for not just that for many other things. Um, So yeah, anneswindell.com. And then on Instagram is just at anneswindell. And that's pretty much where I hang out. I don't have a whole lot of energy for anything else. That's about it for me. But yeah. And then I also... If people are writers, I teach Christ-centered writing courses at writingwithgrace.com, but you can connect with that through any of my other other places. So yeah. Thank you so much. This is such a good conversation. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Blake. Appreciate it. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.